Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. You know what? Let's get right into this right now. Let's do it. Okay? okay. <laughs> Neil, yeah. welcome to the Boiling Point. We got Steve Thank back you. on. Hello. Hey, nice Steve. to meet you. Are, are, are you okay, are we, you're quietly in the background. This Jocelyn in the background quietly. She's, she's not going to say anything, the... not even a word? Say, say hello. Hello. Okay, hello. she got hello. Right. Okay, that's good. <laughs> and she she mentioned not not loving radio, but this isn't radio. It's podcastery. Right. Podcastery is like, is like wizardry in a yes. way. And uh, where people like me am allowed to speak the way I do and nobody's there to slap my wrist uh-huh. for, for, you know, Good whatever it is. Anyway. That's, I, that's why I'm, I'm the sidekick to slap your wrist, aren't I? <laughs> that's, that's right. Spill, yeah. spill wine, make fun of your pants. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, well, maybe fortunately, I don't know. But um, two podcasts ago, I was sitting here in my underwear with no pants on. Because they were soaking wet. Yeah. And they since went into the dryer, and I'm wearing them now. But it brings um, a new energy, don't you find? Pantsless? Pan, you know, the pants-off dance-off is uh, it, it's a way of living <laughs> for me. Yeah. Uh, once the pants come off, the dance the dance comes on. And right. Okay, I'm just going to stop right there. Yeah. And then there's no turning back. Then, then. <laughs> okay, Mr. Virtual, tell yes. us about you. And then we're going we're gonna to continue the conversation we had before we press record. Absolutely. Uh, well, um, I've been in the nutrition field now, health and wellness field. Uh, you know, there's many different terms for it, I guess, these days. Uh, for the last probably 20 years, uh, I've owned businesses and, you know, uh, been on both ends of the stick from the physical end to the uh, the nutritional end. So now um, I'm in Fredericton and I work with this beautiful lady. Uh, she's the co-founder of Insight. And uh, what we do is we educate people. Um, we give people information. We lead them to ask better questions. Fantastic. Bottom and line. Hmm. before uh, we press record, when Steve came in, we were talking about um, cookies Yes. Yeah, because we've got a big plate of awesome cookies here that Sheila made. Oh my gosh, they're good. Uh, anyway, I, I made a joke about, uh, you know, we're talking about nutrition and healthy living, and here we are eating cookies. But you started to talk about this magical word, which I think you're about to say, which is moderation. Like there That's is the balance. dirtiest word in the English language right now, is, is, uh, is moderation. It's the balance of all things. And, you know, we say it, but I don't think we really understand the gravity of that. It's happiness. It's being, you can have it all. So what does moderation mean? What does moderation mean to you? <laughs> you know what? And that's honestly, that is the question. That's the question that people should be asking is what does moderation mean to you? Not to me. I love that. Right? That's so awesome. yeah. by you asking me what my moderation is in an effort to find your moderation, guess what? I'm sorry. Right? That, 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 that's really interesting. It's, you know, um, I just got back from this big trip. Uh, in Panama last week or mm-hmm. this week, just got back. That's why my voice Great. is gone. And it's interesting. Uh, I just turned 40 and I'm starting to notice some interesting things. Um, mm-hmm. My tolerance to alcohol uh, and hangover ratio is changing. Uh, for, <laughs> for better, for worse. For worst. See, for mine's, worse. mine's better. Oh my mine's gosh. Worse. Yeah. My, mine's far worse. <laughs> but what I'm realizing, there's there other go. people who are well past 40 yes. that might have twice as many drinks as I. Yes. And they're just not many, Greg. Their moderation is completely different. So like I'm, as I'm getting a little bit older, I'm rapidly noticing a change in 
that, you know, that one particular area or also my ability to exercise or not and how that immediately affects you know, my physical feeling, et cetera. But like we all have, it's a subjective experience. Absolutely. And it's the ability to be able to change based on your experiences. I'm 43, I'll be 43. I'm not the same person as I was at 18. So why would I treat my body the same? You know, physiology changes, environment changes. I live in Fredericton now, not in in St. John. And, you know, those tiny changes, those were the... That's how we became the top of the food chain is being able to adapt and survive. And our bodies are designed around their their climate. It's not the other way around. Our bodies designed itself around the apple. The apple did not design itself around us, right? When you go back to the Garden of Eden, the apple was there before we were. We're the ones that took the bite of it. Our digestive systems, our bodies evolve with the atmosphere that we're in. And when that atmosphere changes, when your job demands change, your psychological um, stressors, things like this, you have to know how to adapt to that or else what's happening is is you're building up a deficit. And this is what's happening. We're seeing it in our – especially in New Brunswick because – the stress levels here. I mean, we have the highest, you know, some of the highest suicide rates um, in Canada. I think we're tied for first. Depression, you know, anxiety, these types of things, it's common talk. Why is it? Why are we in the midst of a gunfight with a knife? Why isn't anybody, you know, asking, well, you know, how do we, how do we fix this instead of trying to move away to work and, you know, change the environment? Why don't we change our perception? Why don't we change our look or, you know, how we're looking at things? And uh, I'm really glad you brought up the alcohol. You walk out your door in the morning and you're hungover, you're going to have a shitty day, right? But the day is the way it's meant to be. You could walk out that same door that same morning, have a great night's sleep, feel really good, and all of a sudden that day is awesome, right? The people aren't treating you any differently. It's your perspective. It's your, mm-hmm. it's, it's how you're receiving that. So, you know, this is what Jocelyn and I are doing is we're getting in, we're trying to get people to understand you're not broken, Right. You know, changing, moving away to work and stuff like that. That's not the answer. You don't you if if you can become a healthier individual, you'll start to see opportunity. And, you know, Jocelyn and I have not had a hard, uh, sorry, an easy life. And, you know, it's it's very easy, you know, sometimes to go out there and, and get a job and work the nine to five and just put put your hours in. And we see that in the corporate world right now. And what we're trying to do is get in there and get these people that are there to come in and have more energy than the day can take from them. So all of a sudden they're striving for management positions and then they're seeing, wow, you know what? I can do this. I'm going to start my own business. And then all of a sudden the infrastructure starts to change. Our economy changes because people are advancing as opposed to just barely holding on, you know, with the skin of their teeth and the, you know, the tips of their fingers. What do you think, you know, all the people that that you've seen and, and talking about moderation and, and uh, what they can do in that perspective. What do you think the biggest hurdle is that people see in themselves that, that, that come to you? I think the biggest hurdle is, honestly, they don't see themselves, right? They go to other people asking questions and looking for answers from other Outside. people. Absolutely. So all of a sudden you're living someone else's idea of what your life should be instead of going out to Panama or wherever and just discovering what's out there and seeing what's out there and living it and experiencing it as opposed to watching it on YouTube and hearing other people's experiences about it. Um, a lot of the times I get questions, Neil, what books should I read? What books have you read? And I've read you know, a lot of books. I'm like, you know why? Stop reading books. Write one. Right. Get out there, live, experience your life. And, you know, the world for a long time was, you know, was flat. And if to think otherwise was heresy. 
right? And here we are 50 years down the pipe hole and our health is deplorable. Our quality of life is deplorable. Our economy is in the shitter. And yet we continue to do the same song and dance, only harder. And a really smart man by the name of Steve Jobs said, you know what? Don't do things better. Do things different. And we're at that point now where we're at the, we're at the tipping point. Um, you know, every time you pick up the paper, there's something that's related to health care. And, you know, seven out of ten people that are in the hospital right now are there for self-inflicted issues, chronic illnesses and disease. So how do we teach people how not to get there? That's the answer. It's not about teaching them kung fu so that they can beat up someone. It's teaching them how to fight so they never need to get into a fight. Right. So this mm-hmm. is awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, and I'm, I'm seeing, I've got so many ideas in my head too about, you know, what comes first, chicken Keep or the egg. Keep me focused. But I feel, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll, I'll chase you. This is the way this, this, this podcast goes as well. We, cool. we, we just, we go, we go down different paths and uh, like, it's really interesting to think about, you know, we always think, oh, we, we need the economy to change first and right. then health, healthcare, blah, blah, blah. But what if, maybe this is what you're saying. What yeah. if we took... Uh, you know, health, nutrition, education, and did it from the, the ground up. Right. I think that's where you're Empowerment. Really coming from. Absolutely. Right. Uh, how are you going to do this? Like, what's the business model that you guys are doing? Well, the business model is essentially we have uh, kind of a curriculum that we put together, and uh, it's it's evolving, it's growing. But what we do um, is we enter the workplace and we work with the, the companies, and essentially it's uh, we go in and it's on their time, and a lot of the employers are you know committing you know, half of the payments and, you know, they're, they're, they're investing in their employees again because, you know, workplace wellness is, uh, is a huge issue. You know, you have long-term, uh, disability, you've got, uh, you know, poor environment, um, you know, in terms of, um, mindsets and things like this. And so it's really taking its toll on the economies. So we go in and we approach the, the employers, CEOs or what have you and say, listen, this is what we're offering. And we educate people at work. Now, the thing with this is, and we all know this, is you can't, we like to say, but there is no differentiating between home and work. It's the same person going to home, same person going to work. So in my many years of doing this, I saw two really big issues, all right? At the end of the day, I come home at the end of the day. And the average person spends about 61% of their life, adult life at work. So I've got about four hours with my kids in the evening. And that evening consists of feeding them, chasing them, getting their homework done, getting them baths, having a few moments of daddy time with them, and then putting them to bed. And then you get a couple of hours where you're just in a vegetative state, right? So what we're asking people to do is, okay, now I want you to find the time to educate yourself on this so, and pay for it. So by you donating your very minimal time that you have right now in, in the work world, all right, and the very little money that we have towards making yourself a better employee and staying out of the hospital and saving the government a ton of money, it didn't make sense to me. Why are we asking you to do that when really who's, it's, it's mutually beneficial? It's a win-win-win situation. So why can't we get in and treat it like a job? If you're spending 61% of your life at work, why can't you learn health at work and wellness and lifestyle? And it's contributory to the government. It's contributing to the work environment and the whole spiritual atmosphere that's in there. And it's humanizing everybody. It's incredible to see a room full of people right down from CEOs to janitorial staff. And all of a sudden you start to see them as humans again, not by designation or paycheck. 
and it's crazy. So Sally comes to work and she's a, excuse me, a bitch. All of a sudden, it's not just her, you're, you're, you're not just hearing what she's saying, you're understanding it, right? She's a bitch because someone at home has a heart disease or is dealing with cancer or something. So, you know, you see a lot more, she has issues going on herself. So it really kind of humanizes the whole work environment. And our work environment's really gotten away from that. Everybody goes in and just keeps to themselves. And the only thing we share are complaints. Right when someone's got something to complain about, so it changes the water cooler talk. Did you mm-hmm. hear what Neil said the other day? Does that make any sense whatsoever? He, he said, "Bitch on the bottom yeah. of the podcast." <laughs> Can I? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no! Listen, this, <laughs> this is listen. If you've listened to any of our podcasts, yeah, oh, you have. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, you, you understand how goofy we are and how. La- okay, good. All right. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, Steve, you probably have a million things to say here as well on this. But I, I, one revelation I had coming back from my trip was I ended up at this hostel in uh, the Pacific coast of Panama, and it's, it's called a co-working space hostel. So it's this new generation of nomadic uh, startup community. So it's all these these young millennials who have startups, but they live off the laptops. Yeah, you know. And so I landed in one of these places. And I spent so much time surfing, amazing waves. Um, nice. But then, like, there's these little, little working spaces that you can do. And I was like, you can work for four productive hours in a day and get all the stuff done and go surf for four hours and then do that life thing, i.e. breakfast, supper, relax later on. But, like, it's it's attainable. Yeah. Because we waste so much time in our work day. Yeah. Because, probably because we're not focused, because we're not healthy, we're not exactly. On it, we're you know? just hanging on, but that's it. That's and all we're doing. I, and I don't believe in Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. I like. I love Tim Ferriss. Yeah, yeah. I love that romantic concept. But those who love what they do for work, they don't want to not work. Right. But there's why are we spending eight hours a day in front of these bloody screens? Right. In this position yeah. here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Anyway, Steve, as architects, I, like for you, you're you're probably a lot. Same same scenario yeah. in front of the computers, but also out on site as well. I, I don't know. Like, what's your perspective on that? I mean, we deal we design spaces as well, right? So, right. It, we try to assess out how a company or or if it's a home, how the homeowner can like live a better life, mm-hmm. right? So we see that kind of same thing you said. Like, it's not a person going to work or at home, family, whether you're on a weekend or at night doing that the kid routine. Like, yeah. it's all just life. So trying to create that from the beginning and getting, so we're trying to, what we try to do is back up before people start talking about rooms and, or, uh, how many seats right in a desk. Like what, what's the main goals? Like what's it all about? Right. So whether it's a business or a home, we kind of treat it that really the same slice at the beginning. So then we can try to reach that in maybe a different way. Maybe yeah. it ends up the same way, but maybe it doesn't. So yeah. trying now, to really blow it open at the beginning. You need to draw that out of people though, right? Because you do. Oh yeah. And, and this is the same thing. They go right to defaults. Right. what happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. What's, what's trendy, what's going on now as opposed to, okay, but what do you really need? And no one's asking that question from a, a health and lifestyle standpoint. It's totally reactive. I mean, we have some of the best best uh, medical systems in, in the world. I mean, technologies, but it's reactive healthcare. It's, let's call it like it is. If you get stabbed or hit by a truck, I mean, man, we're, we're rocking it here. But how do you, you know, how do you teach someone the fine art of looking both ways before they cross the street and staying away from people or, you know, the, the, the art of articulation so you don't get stabbed. And that's, again, that's kind of, but when you ask someone what it is that they want for their health, their immediate thing is the default. Well, I want a six pack of abs, Mm -hmm. you know, 
but that's not healthy. Like it's the balance of everything and it takes time. And that's why getting in the majority of the, like the 26 hours that were in there for the, for the curriculum that we have thus far, it's unlearning. That's it. It's unlearning. It's getting in there and giving people information and getting them to question the paradigm right now. And then in that, what they do is they apply it. And then all of a sudden you see these lights start to come on and wow, you know what? I don't need to be 140 pounds. I feel pretty frigging good the way I am right now. I just need to fine tune a few things and I need to sleep better and I need to. And it's amazing when you let someone, when you empower them and let them roll with it like that. It's easier for us. What do you think, you know, just thinking about small companies versus big ones, and there's a lot of startup companies we're kind of friends and colleagues with. Those companies are starting the path forward to building a company and the, and, and therefore the culture that they, you know, the CEO or whoever's kind of leading that. But what, what are some sort of tips or tricks that companies should look for at the beginning in order to not go down this path and then when there are 100 people, then come and fix it. Like Exactly. How, what do you think they should look for or think about? I mean, it's it's one of these things. Like I've, I've, I speak to, um, I've spoken to groups of uh, convicts that are coming out and being reintroduced into the work world and stuff. And, you know, you can get a lineup of 15 people with PhDs and these, you know, very narrow views and, and very educated. But when you're looking at the health perspective, you know, it's, it's a risk factor to be able to look at someone who has, who takes care of themselves. It's not being a narcissist to do that, you know, to make sure that, um, you know, someone standing in a lineup of people with the same type of education, same money put towards their, 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 their learned material, um, to see someone who actually, you know, takes time for themselves to seem, you know, balanced, um, vibrant, because it is an investment. An employee right now is an investment. And to lose an employee and then to have to rehire another one while you're paying for the one that's on long-term disability is crippling, especially for a new business. So to be able to look at someone who has that type of initiative to not just, you know, when I joined the fire department, the, the, the words that they were looking for were constant development. So to be able to look at someone and see that depth, not just in the performance at their work, but someone who's willing to uh, perform outside of work as well, because the two of them, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you're when you're starting something and you're passionate about it, the two of them get fused together. So, you know, that's what I typically ask people to start looking at is when you go and you know you're you're looking for a job or you're starting something is you're only as good as you are. If you're, you're the nucleus of your world, if you're not 100%, then how can you give 100%? And if you're standing in front of someone who's asking 100% of you, you're flat out lying, right? So all of a sudden I'm in there and I'm giving you this list of things that I can do and then you hire me and I show up and I can't do those things anymore or I can do them for five years right. and then I get so overwhelmed and unhealthy that... You know, I'm I'm actually you know hindering the development of something that I was originally passionate about. It sounds like your business is at this point uh, a New Brunswick focused business. We're, it's the epicenter. It's Absolutely, really cool. Yeah. Uh, because this province needs this so so mm. critically. Right. Uh, do you have any ways of uh, impacting uh, people outside the borders of New Brunswick, maybe on a digital level or? Uh, any other scale, or is this very hyper local, uh, which is awesome? You know, 
right now it's it's hyper local just because i mean we're we're brand new business we've only been up and running for the for a year and uh you know with our backgrounds we just again we 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 burnt the boats we jumped in with everything we had because we saw the, the need of it and if we had any other way out of it then we you know we just didn't want to risk that. The people in New Brunswick are too important to us, and we see them on a daily basis. I've worked with thousands of people over the last 20 years, so I see how people are hurting. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, on a technical level, yeah, we'll get to that point where, you know, this will be broadcasted. We'll be able to reach companies. We'll be able to – because it's it's really what's up here. This is all experiential information, and it's the it's the epidemiology of it. It's the big picture, Right. Yeah, exciting stuff. I'm uh, uh, I'm really happy that you both exist here. Thank you. Um, it's it's very much needed. I hope the uptake is 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 starting to happen in a good way. It um, is, and something that I definitely consider uh, looking at as 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 time goes on. Because you know, talking about the epicenter. What about the CEO? Right. You know, it, like uh, exactly. I'm the CEO of my company, yeah. and I'm not feeling very healthy these days. No, and there's a number of reasons for it. Uh, one of the things for me in my life is I, I chose to try to get eight hours sleep and that changed everything, but not necessarily for the, for the positive. It changed for the positive on how I feel, but I stopped working until midnight. So that's a good thing. Yes. But I'm now overwhelmed in my mind about not getting caught up with work. Because during the workday, I'm actually out meeting people, doing what we do, doing podcasts, doing all this, <laughs> while the inbox and the inbox of the email goes right up. So that forces me to look a little deeper. Like, well, why is the inbox going so so deep? Am I out of balance and commitments? I love the my claws in you. Honestly, yeah. it's it's you can handle whatever it is that you desire to do but what happens is when a person is unbalanced they overcompensate in certain areas of their life and in order to try to create that balance like square peg round hole um jocelyn and i are new business owners and we've gotten rid of our cell phones yeah. right because nice. it's it well it's, it's about choosing your fights it's mm-hmm. once you know who it is you are and what it is you want to do then the clutter just you have to eliminate that because it's taking on, is biting off more than you can chew. And really what it does is it hurts your productivity for what it is that you're meant to do. But when you're not, you know, this receiver, this body that we have, it carries us through this. It's the receiver of everything. So it's just getting that tuned up and having the chops, the muscle, the the health to be able to say, you know what, I, I'm, it's okay, I can let that go, right? The sense of overcompensating. I was overweight growing up with a speech impediment and I would always overcompensate in relationships because I felt that that was my identity. Unless I was contributing, I wasn't, wasn't worth anything, but I really wasn't contributing, right? This is contributing. So it's, again, like you just saying that and making that, that one degree change in the sleep, you've you've already started the process yeah. right and now it's just asking questions like that and meeting someone that isn't going to give you an answer right i'm not going to answer your question for you i'm not going to take that 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 right away from you right we just need to ask different questions and you'll go down the rabbit hole and eventually you're going to find exactly what you need but what happens is we get distracted and then all of a sudden the question gets pushed off to the side and then it comes back with a vengeance because that's what life does right you repeat the grade until you pass it Mm -hmm. right well as we wrap up what would you say to our listeners as one of your best nuggets of advice to start on a new path (sighs) jeepers that's a big one um 
I would have to say is stop outsourcing your happiness. Okay? You've, everything you need is what you have. And it's just taking what you have and polishing it up. Stop jumping from lily pad to lily pad or lawn to lawn, whatever it is that we're doing, and start looking inwards. And uh, it's all about uh, perspective. You, When you're good, the world is good. And you could be standing in a pile of shit and you're going to start using it as fertilizer. Whereas other people, they're, they're overwhelmed because, you know, we're in the midst of a gunfight with a knife. And you start treating this body of ours, this gift that we have, the things, the, the thing that's doing all the things that we're asking it to do, and we start paying it properly, man, right? When you start making hordes of cash, you start to love what you do right? And you ask for more. How can I make more? This is fun. This is awesome. I'm not working. I love what I do. Imagine waking up and that's the attitude, right? Life isn't, I love my life. I want more of it. How do I squeeze more into my day? And it's not, and then all of a sudden the perspective of, you know, wanting things to tear away goes away. You want things to cling now. And that's the beautiful part about it, right? And we live longer and healthier lives that way. Any closing thoughts, Steve, on that? No, I'm just, well, I just, I mean, each of those could be a full topic on its own. Yes. That we've been talking about, but I'm just thinking about, you know, thinking about uh, kids, right? Like if you've got a couple of kids, one, we've got a five-year-old and at the school he's at, they've, the curriculum is really, they're scaling back, like even phys ed, right? Yeah. And just really strange how systemic um, things start. Absolutely. Right? Like more desk time for five-year-old, uh, you know? Yeah. 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 So... You know, we're trying to do those things too uh, along the way and help guide. Yeah, and and that's the parent's job. And when you look in the animal kingdom, it's um, we uh, we teach by by example. And this is with a lost art. You know, you get parents that come home at the end of the day, and like we talked earlier, right? right? So it's no longer my dad can beat up your dad. It's you know what I don't want to be like my dad. And the truth of it is, is that's how it is. And it's, it's my generation, you know, spending the last 30 years of their lives, forgetting the first 60 years of their lives because of these chronic illnesses that wipe your memory clean. Um, we need to get back to there. So it is, it's the 35 to 55 demographic that needs to step up and needs to start making these changes. And the kids now seeing the difference in their parents. And all of a sudden, dad comes home at the end of the day and you're involved with your child again. And that connection takes place. And they see the food you're eating and the water you're drinking and the exercise you're doing. And all of a sudden, they're picking up nonverbal cues, mm -hmm. right? We're great standing on the soapboxes and telling them what to do. And then when they go to bed, smoking our cigarettes and eating our chips that are up in the top cupboard, and right, mm. and complaining about the job that we live in and the food that we're eating, oh, I'm on a diet. I mean, that's not inspirational for anybody. So we need to step up. And the schools, they'll get to it, but to put that type of emphasis on the younger generation, the, the ones that aren't making the decisions, it's frustrating for them because then they come home and then there's a collision at home and by getting into the workspace and getting to you guys it's phenomenal all of a sudden they're not looking to the tv now they're looking to their parents again to emulate it's 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 awesome so uh, i keep on inviting steve over to my hot tub because uh you know the world changes in the hot tub with the conversations we have so steve <laughs> we're gonna get together and we're gonna talk about this particular episode and figure out what we're going to do to tweak because we're going through the same things Overwhelmed with growing great businesses mm -hmm. and trying to be great dads or great husbands uh, and great citizens in the world and keep our bloody inbox managed. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a way through this. This is great. There yeah. is. Thank you so much. This is awesome. 
really, really good. Uh, nice to meet looking you. forward to uh, hearing more uh, as well. And, you uh, will, as you can tell, and I'd like to talk about this. <laughs> uh, awesome. So what's the best way for people to get a hold of you and follow what you're doing? Uh, well, actually, uh, 459-5483 is our, that, uh, is that, our contact number. That's phone that's stuck yeah, on the wall. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Facebook, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, what else we got? I'm the antiquated one. Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, can you. you can email me. What's your MySpace? <laughs> oh, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> What's the other one? Uh, friend, uh, <laughs> We're working we on it. We don't know, Greg. We're 40. We're 40. We're 40. Yeah, right. we don't MySpace. Know. I told you, I live in Fredericton. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Might they, be in your hot tub. Yeah, anytime. Any, any boiling pointers <laughs> want to come to the hot, hot tub, tub and talk about life, we could do that. So thanks again so much for coming all the way down for this. My this pleasure. Thanks awesome. for having us. And Steve, thank you for being this awesome co-host for the last six weeks. Um, and it's going to be interesting when Dave comes back. The two of us are going to, uh, I don't even remember, remember what the guy looks like. I'm going to flip this cushion. Dave, Dave and I have a lot of history. Do a flip. You know Dave. Oh, I know Dave. Get out! Yes, I know Dave from way back when so, when so he give moved us back. One embarrassing thing about Dave, please, just one. He's gonna kill me. No, good. Uh, ask him. Uh, call him when he comes back. Call him Va. 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 Yeah, Neil says hi, Va. Just Va. Can you tell us what? what he well, there was a clique of, of uh, a group of guys that we get together, and they'd all have like um, there was Darling, there was so it was the Da. And then there was the Ma and the Va. Dave was the Va. Dama Va. So yeah. Dave. Dave. Dave Vale, so he was the Va. I love it. Yeah. Okay, there's a story there. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right, well, thanks again for coming. All right, thank Have you. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Rick. All right, cheers. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four Kids Flashback.